It's five minutes with me. In last week's episode, I talked about how much of the discoveries about teenage brains over the last 20 years are being reported or interpreted in a way that the researchers themselves would not agree with. Much of the reporting has concluded that research is, is proving that teenage brains are inferior, broken, or incapable. But the researchers themselves would say the uniquenesses of the teenage brain must be there for a reason and they must be a benefit, a good thing. I resonate with this approach since it aligns with my theological understanding of God's good creation intentions. So how's a good youth worker supposed to respond to the new discoveries about teenage brains? Well, here's how I'm responding and I hope you'll join me in this handful of living in the tension implications. Eight of them I've got for you. Number one, read about teenage brains. I wasn't kidding when I said my growing understanding of neurology shapes everything I do in youth ministry. What I teach and how I teach, how I interact with students, the sorts of questions I ask, what and how I communicate with parents, how I plan my youth ministry calendar, what's most important and emphasized in our youth ministry. What to read? Well, if you want to read a bunch, you could start with The Primal Teen, uh, because it gives a great perspective on what we were newly discovering about teenage brains 18 years ago when it was published. You could read one of my little books, <coughs> A Parent's Guide to Understanding Teenage Brains, or A Volunteer Youth Worker's Guide to Understanding Today's Teenagers. I wish you could read the National Geographic article on teenage brains, as it's a great glimpse uh, at the turn toward a more positive look at teenage brains, but it's now behind a paywall. Slightly more current books include The Teenage Brain, A Neuroscientist's Survival Guide to Raising Adolescents and Young Adults, and Brainwashed, The Seductive Appeal of Mindless Neuroscience, and Brainstorm, The Power and Purpose of the Teenage Brain. Next, ask, ask speculative questions. I'm not a scientist or a researcher, but I'm sure passionate about my hypothesis that we can help teenagers grow in their ability to make good decisions. Speculative questions are what if and why questions. Even if we can't increase frontal lobe growth, I know we can help teenagers step into the use of abstract thinking that they've had since the onset of puberty. They have the capacity the capability that is, but they haven't used it much and they tend to be lousy with it. So when we take them to the shores of speculation, we help them test out the waters they'll return to on their own. And since so much of spiritual growth in the teen and young adult years requires speculation, I'm 100% convinced that teen helping teenagers develop the ability to speculate will help them build a sustainable faith. Third, become a competency facilitator. A well-known psychologist once suggested to me that good parenting, and by extension, I've come to see this as a framing for great youth ministry, is about moving from control to facilitation, where facilitation means identifying and nurturing competencies. If you, like me, don't buy into the increasingly popular notion that teenagers are incapable and should therefore be protected and treated like children, then we need to be every teenager's competency champion. Fourth, allow for failure. Their frontal lobes are underdeveloped and they do struggle with decision making. Don't respond in the way of our culture and many of our educational approaches and legal systems by removing decisions. 
instead create safe places for decision making, assuming a healthy percentage of failure and mistakes. Really, we all learn more from our bad decisions than our good decisions, right? Fifth, make way for passion. If teenagers are a wonder to behold, then the kernel of awesomeness at the center of that wonder is their potential for passion. Maybe that's why they're not great at impulse control and measuring risk. Maybe they need to be limited, thank God's creation intentions, in uh, in order for those areas to uh, in in those areas in order to learn about the world in ways that us risk averse adults have long ceased learning. And what if teenagers' passion could be invited as a great gift to your church? While she doesn't directly tie this to brain research, this is the core proposal of Kenda Creasy Dean's excellent youth ministry book, Practicing Passion, Youth and the Quest for a Passionate Church. Sixth, act as a surrogate temporal lobe. The frontal lobes aren't the only underdeveloped part of the teenage brain. The temporal lobes are also. Those are responsible for emotional understanding and interpretation. Ben was sharing in my small group about how he was nervous about going home that evening because his brother was returning from drug rehab. He was visibly emotional while explaining this, but Mitch piped in with, you should tell your brother that drugs are stupid. Rather than shaming Mitch, who wasn't being mean or rude and was merely missing the emotional cues of what would have been so obvious to an adult, my role became that of simultaneously redirecting the focus back to Ben's sharing while gently pointing out to Mitch the emotion that Ben was feeling. In that moment, I was helping Mitch see the emotion and learn to spot it in a way that, so that he could help his friend. Seventh, be patient. Patience with teenagers is a prerequisite for any good youth worker, and always has been. But with our growing understanding of teenage brain development, we have that much more reason to be patient. Great youth workers, those who will be used by God in the lives of real teenagers, will always be gracious and loving, ready to listen, full of encouragement, and abounding in patience. And finally, be thoughtful about the use of the youngest of young adults as youth ministry volunteers. This is, an, uh, this is a sensitive one, and please don't think I'm suggesting young adults are inferior youth workers or shouldn't be involved. I love having young adults as equal members of the youth ministry team I'm a part of. Just remember that just like teenagers, they bring a level of passion that's a wonder to behold, but their brains are also still developing, and they will occasionally struggle with wisdom, prioritization, impulse control, and decision-making. All of these new discoveries about teenage brains are fascinating. I welcome anything that help, can help me know and understand better the teenagers I'm called to. But I'm committed to doing ministry in the tension between reality and healthy skepticism. Living in that tension keeps me on my toes, reminds me to be dependent on God, and drives me toward curiosity rather than blind assumption. Cartel Podcast Network.